This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. It was the season of giving at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles. Shops and stalls had more samples to give, more flavors to share, more smiles and laughs to spread. Dimitri had placed a full pie and a few other treats on each community table that sat below the green umbrellas, decorated with fake snow and white twinkle lights. With the help of some of the food stall cooks, Dimitri's offerings, as always, were full of history and tradition from across many lands and many cultures. Babka, a sweetbread from Poland, saffron buns from Sweden, lamb stew from Ethiopia, spiced hot cocoa from Peru, latkes, a crispy fried potato cake from Israel, mince pie from England, pavlova, a sweet meringue with a crispy crust and fresh fruit garnish like strawberries, kiwis, and passion fruit from Australia and New Zealand, eggnog, a favorite holiday drink in the U.S., and, like every year, Dimitri's own family recipe for the Greek treat, Melo Macarona, a cookie that's soaked in honey and topped with chopped walnuts. Crowds gathered earlier than usual, and seats at the tables quickly filled, with others standing around in the room they could find. Dimitri, who had swapped out his newsboy cap for a Santa hat, returned to the table with a large sack over his arm. Smiling as he watched a few of the seated guests offer to stand so that the elders in the crowd could comfortably sit. Dimitri himself opted to stand, placing the sack at his feet as he began. When I was a child, my family celebrated Christmas. Every Christmas morning, I would wake up to find an orange tucked in the toe of my stocking, hung with care on our small living room's chimney. Dimitri pulled an orange out of the sack and bounced it a few times in his hand as many members of the crowd called out, Me too! Or, Hey, my family does that! I'm not surprised to hear, Dimitri smiled. It has become a tradition, something millions of people have done over centuries, in various countries, of various backgrounds. It's one of those things we do simply because it's always been done, just like having a Christmas tree or hanging stockings on the fireplace. But where does such a tradition come from? When was the first time that started at all? When something that had never been done before became something that we always do? Dimitri began peeling the orange as he continued. Many believe this holiday tradition may have started during the Great Depression of the 1930s. Most families couldn't afford to buy presents and instead gifted these rare, sweet treats. Thanks to their natural limitations, these fruits were quite hard to come by, especially in the north. They were not usually eaten during the year unless you lived where they grew naturally, as many people practiced growing their own food, which was cheaper than buying items at the market. What a treat indeed to wake up in the winter snow on Christmas morning and discover a mysterious fruit in the tip of your stocking, brought all the way from an exotic and warm place called Florida. The crowd smiled and giggled. 
so strange for us to think of today, yet it was true. Before the days of big-name grocery stores, oranges were not only rare but expensive, reserved for the wealthy who could afford to eat them during the year. They became less expensive and more available by the late 19th century, thanks to expanding growing regions and techniques, as well as transportation. But for a long time before that, and during the time of the Great Depression, which hit not long after, oranges simply weren't widely available. Poor individuals would save up for an orange, this little ball of gold, considered a luxury. It really was a special treat to receive, especially on Christmas morning and proved to be a wonderful way to put smiles on your family's faces in the midst of the Great Depression. Dimitri offered up the peeled segments of the orange to the children sitting closest to him. They each took their share and smiled, saying their politest thank you. But of course, like so many traditions, there is more than one story behind this golden fruit. Dimitri began handing out more oranges from the sack, rolling a few down the table to the other side. My parents taught me that this sweet winter treat is a symbol of generosity, a symbol of the true meaning of this season. Dimitri paused for a moment, holding an orange up in front of his face, as if he were looking into his parents' eyes. He smiled as he knelt down in front of another child in the crowd and extended the orange. One of the little girls who had taken a few segments of the peeled orange ran over to Dimitri while he was still on his knee and eagerly handed him the last segment. Giving, she said proudly. Dimitri winked as he popped the orange piece into his mouth. He stood up slow, retrieving his handkerchief from his shirt pocket below his suspender strap. As usual, with a wipe across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. Hundreds of years ago, before the red suit and hat, the reindeer and the sleigh, lived the man before the legend known around the world today as Santa Claus. But first, he was known simply as St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, lovingly called St. Nick, was born in present-day Turkey, and he came into a large inheritance early on in his life. But he did not grow in greed or selfishness, despite his wealth, and instead he devoted his life to helping others, eventually becoming a bishop. He was special from the start, destined to be legendary. One day, before he was canonized into sainthood, Bishop Nicholas was traveling through a small, impoverished town when he learned about a local shopkeeper, a man who worked hard to support his three beautiful daughters, yet didn't have enough money for a dowry, an old-fashioned offering made by a father who was trying to find a husband for his daughter. Without the dowries and the suitors they would bring, the shopkeeper worried that his daughters would be destitute once he passed away. However, he was also very proud and would not accept money or charity from others. Nicholas was disheartened by the shopkeeper's worries and wished so badly to help, and he decided to do so in secret. Nicholas waited until nighttime and traveled to the shopkeeper's home, where the father and his daughter slept soundly inside, nestled all snug in their beds. He climbed up so quietly onto the rooftop, not even a mouse would have been stirred by the motion. He gently tossed three sacks of gold down the chimney, one for each of the three daughters' dowries. The daughters had hung their stockings up to dry in front of the fireplace, and they were still there, hung with care by the chimney, and the gold just so happened to land in each of the girls' stockings. The shopkeeper's family awoke the next morning to find balls of gold in the toes of each stocking by the fireplace. 
They were, of course, overjoyed at the anonymous generosity, and the father wept tears of happiness and relief as he held his three daughters in his arms and kissed each one on the forehead. The daughters were then able to pay their dowries, giving their father peace of mind, knowing they would not be alone and would be taken care of when he was no longer around. Others who heard about the shopkeeper's sweet tale started hanging stockings by their fireplaces on that same night each year, hoping that they too might be blessed with gifts. St. Nicholas eventually grew his white beard, put on his black boots, gold buckle, red suit and hat, and took on the role of Santa Claus, his spirit living on at the North Pole, upholding the duty of recognizing the good in humankind, and reminding us to be generous and caring to one another. Oranges came to represent the balls of gold, gifted by St. Nicholas on that night at the shopkeeper's home, a symbol of charity and giving. Not only because the fruit looks like gold, but also because an orange separates easily into segments, ideal for sharing with others. And as a way to celebrate generosity and remember the importance of caring for others without the promise of anything in return, oranges are placed in stockings on Christmas Eve by parents and by Santa Claus himself as a reminder to care for those in need and share with those around us. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Enjoy the rest of the holiday season with your family and friends. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you in the new year. Bye.